Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Still Giggs goes, he's through, he's scored! Ryan Giggs, he's at the goal that's put it for Manchester United! To the left, right footed, it's a clear header, and it's into the left! Sultar has won the European Cup for Manchester United! How you doing there folks? Welcome to the Strattycast, a special bonus episode of the podcast this week for strattynews.com seeing as it's been such a mad, crazy busy week. Um, you're joining us here just in the aftermath of Derby Day, more accurately Derby Night, as uh, we saw red versus blue clumsily wedged into a random Thursday night in April, in April rather candidly by the Premier League. Um, as always, I'm joined by the uh, the usual wide men in our dynamic front three. Uh, first of all, Philip Morrissey, how you doing, Phil? Are you? Um, I'm probably more of a wide man than I'd rather prefer to be. Like, but uh... <laughs> um, feeling a bit more relieved now after that's over. Definitely, definitely. Uh, considering that I was trying to watch it on probably one of the shittiest um, streaming sites that I've ever had the displeasure of having to use, and um, it seemed to be just constantly stopping and starting. So, um, any any bit of action that seemed to happen, I uh, seemed to be just seemed to stall. Just seemed to stop uh, mid uh, midstream, and uh, I was banging at the screen trying to get it going again. Like, yeah, not good. Not good for attention. Like, no, I, I was I was dealing with that and um, sort of switching between that and the only radio commentary I could find was Talk Sport because uh, I couldn't find them face to Manchester, so it was just hell. Um, uh, Thankfully, no Stan Collymore. It was Danny Higginbottom, so it was kind of bearable. Uh, if it had been Stan Collymore, it would have just been. Uh, yeah, that's too Nobody bent. needs that. And, uh, wait, did uh, yeah. Did uh, GMT not have it? No, um, I tried. I tried Radio Manchester and um, BBC Radio Manchester said it was supposed to have it on, but it didn't. And then BBC Radio Five, obviously not, because they're useless. Um, yeah, hopeless. Yeah, absolutely hopeless. And uh, well, you just heard his, his dulcet tones there. Welcome back to our maverick playmaker, uh, Johnny Brook. How you doing, Johnny? Um, yeah, I'm still a weird mix of excited that we genuinely went and textbook Mourinho to point away from people who will be incredibly bitter and upset that we Mourinho to point out of them. But just the tension of games like that. Every time a ball went in the United box, I muted the tally because the thought of hearing <laughs> Tyler scream a sticky thigh joy at City going in front couldn't cope with it. So I've got like the sorest thumb in Europe from the amount of times I muted it. But So I've come out of it, level, move on, Swansea, bring it on. 
Yeah, just a relief, really. I mean, a, a recap the match. It wasn't. It was. A, it was a weird one. It wasn't. I think um, quality wise, wasn't the best. We'll get more into that in a moment. Um, Aguero hit the post fairly early on in the game, and that was probably the best chance of the game. He did have another one towards the end as well, where he maybe should have scored when a, a ball came across the box. Uh, but largely, United restricted Manchester, restricted Manchester City to long shots and half chances throughout the game. Um, and then with uh, around about 10 minutes to go, uh, Fellaini went absolutely mad. Um, tackled uh, Aguero from behind, didn't get the ball, received the booking. Um, but as he received, almost as he's received the booking, he just sort of um, head, basically headbutted Aguero, if you can call it a headbutt. It wasn't exactly a Glasgow kiss. I think you'd probably call it a professional football headbutt. Um, you don't see proper headbutts in professional football these days. I think the last one was... Um, Probably Nobby Styles against the Studiantes in 1969, but um, that might have been the last time it happened. I think uh, Duncan Duncan Ferguson had a couple of headbutts, didn't he? Yeah, I just remember Mikhail Sylvester doing one to Freddie Youngberg actually and busted his nose um, <laughs> when United went to Highbury and drew two all. It was um, the season where Van Nistelrooy scored about 46 goals, and it was yeah. United and Arsenal jockeying for the league. And we went down there near the end of the season and got a two-all draw. Um, Fantastic game that was, and uh, yeah, headbutted yeah, Freddie Youngberg, and he had a big head as well, Sebastian. So he headbutted you, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, man. Huge <laughs> exactly. I mean, when when that comes at you, it's hitting you with all the brutality and Monday morning's alarm clock. That's just leaving its mark fully on you. Yeah, it was it was quite funny because the whole situation was provoked by uh, Aguero running up to Fellaini, and it just for a moment I, I was just flashed. I had flashback to when Wilshire attempted to headbutt. Fellaini, do we all remember this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he headbutted his chest. Yeah, because he wasn't tall yeah. enough to headbutt him in the yeah. head. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Fellaini was just looking at him, what the fuck are you trying to do? <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh, it was. Um, Phil, that that game, I mean, it, it probably wasn't the best quality-wise. In terms of the line-up, um, do you think it was the right choice? Um, or would you maybe have started Jesse Lingard? Um, I think Lingard was probably the only player that I could possibly have said that I would have started with. Um, I was actually quite happy to see. Um, I was actually quite happy to see Rashford, um, McTarian, and Martial in terms of uh, guys with pace and guys with a bit of trickery to take on uh, to take on Man City. You possibly would have expected. Uh, People at the start of the season possibly would have expected to maybe play Flaney up front and uh, to just go pure out and out grunt uh, long ball football. But um, I was qu- I was quite pleased in terms. I suppose um, the uh, the loss of Pogba I suppose uh, restricted the choice in a way. But um, I thought I thought Carrick played well. I thought um, Herrera played very well and Fellaini played well up until his uh, redness. Yeah, how hilarious was that sending off, do we think, on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, one, being, um, one being really not funny and 10 being absolutely uh, sort of Jack Wilshire attempted to have but Fellaini hilarious. About 12. See, I'm, I'm going to go about a seven just because really, like you say, it's not the kind of headbutt that would have cracked an egg. Given yeah. how annoying Aguero is, if you're going to put your head in, then, you know, leave I mean, it smelling I mean, Aguero is from Argentina. He, he should be used to ducking when um, gunshots come out. like. Exactly. Have you seen the full-time footage of Herrera lecturing Aguero over his behaviour? No, I didn't see that. Um, it, I'll have to look it up. I'm going to say it's doing the rounds on Twitter tonight, and it's just it's that beautiful way that in that proper, almost parental-type lecture way, he's really handing him quite the dressing down for getting the teammate sent off, and it's like, well, I just... Didn't think I could love you anymore, Ander, but there you go. It's great. All he's missing is like a pencil moustache and a cape to be like yeah. a really great sort of um, crook that everybody hates, Herrera. He's, he, he's, um, 
He's fantastic. And, and also, when you know, I, I'm just know putting this you... video up now, sorry. Uh, Herrera is a deceptively tall man. Yeah, he looks like he should be about five foot two. Yeah, he's not. He's about oh, six yeah. foot one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, in the first half, uh, the commentator that I was unfortunate enough to uh, deal with on that um, streaming site, he was just castigating United continuously, and I was saying, are why the hell are you watching this if you've got such a degree of bias? I think it might have actually been... I think it might have been Martin Keown. Oh, geez. Jesus so, Christ. So his feelings about United and Reno are probably well-known. So um, I, was, I was watching, I think, like... How many chances have City had? Um, they haven't got behind us on maybe once or twice other, other than the shot that um, Aguero hit the post with and that was a bit of a slip on I thought on my um, on the part of the defender and um, it was all just long term it's all long range shooting and fairly uh, high wide and handsome at that um, I actually thought United were better in possession Particularly towards the end of the second, towards the end of the first half, and definitely going into the second half as well, they they had more possession. I thought um, in that 15 minutes towards the end of the first half, and City were looked like they were running out of ideas. I and actually, I got, I, I'm sorry, I thought we were quite sloppy in possession for, for 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 good spells of that game. I thought we missed Pogba in that regard. Just just can't. Yeah, but. I I'm, ju- I'm just saying, in that period towards the end of the first half, um, they actually started dominating midfields. Um, City were were actually uh, were actually going backwards at a time, but um, I suppose into the second half they kind of got a bit um, loose again, unfortunately, and that invited a bit more pressure on the back four, but. I, honestly, I, I thought like um, particularly Darmian. I think Boy, uh, Blind, and um, Valencia—they all had cracking games. Particularly Darmian. The whole defense really was very, very good for United tonight. Um, I thought they all was superb. Yeah, Blind's yeah. anticipation. I thought um, the way he was able to sort of make interceptions without having to make last-ditch tackles were very good. And, um, I don't know if he's a long term. He's certainly not a long term um, solution to centre half, but it was good to have somebody competent with a cool head just step in there when we didn't have Marcos Rojo available to us. Yeah, he, he reminds me of sort of a much prettier Phil Neville that he's never a long term solution to a position, but he'll come in he, and do a you a good job there. Yeah, he's exactly. a he'll come in and he'll do you a fine job for like two or three games, and then the actual set position player will come back in and carry you through. One thing I would say, though, I mean, we were all sort of laughing and joking about Fellaini sending off. I can't imagine Marina would have been too happy with him, though, because for all the funny it was, it was, it was quite silly, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was, oh, yeah. It, it was ridiculous. Um, you saw, I think um, a lot of people, I think we all saw the reaction of Marino when um, Fellaini was coming off. He was trying to um, give some sort of cack-handed uh, reason or um, explanation for it and uh, Marino just wasn't having it at all you could see you could see in his face the minute that it happened it was like what are you after doing now like and this is after us defending Fellaini in the last couple of games saying that he's actually being quite um, disciplined in his approach and uh, quite um quite effective where he was playing and that he actually contributed quite well towards the team and then he goes and does uh, something stupid like this yeah I think that pretty much nails it unfortunately because we've defended him being one of the best players when he starts but I was a complete liability when he comes on he he just seemed to put a sub-performance in even when he started today he just looked flustered and like 
at least two gears behind everyone else, right up to getting sent off. Why do you think he got so um, wound up by Aguero? It's hard to think. It's just the the first one was like the the professional textbook yellow, and one that it annoys the hell out of you when it's the opposition, but you applaud your own player when they do it. But to be that wound up that he sort of chased him, nibbled him again, and then nutted him when he's got up. Yeah. No, I, I don't have any theory on that because it just seems such a a stupid thing to do. Because he's neither walked away nor damaged him. He's just made enough contact to get himself sent off. And because uh, Carrick didn't even get a chance to kind of um, to to even go up to a man to say like, listen, calm yeah. it, no, like relax. Because yeah, I mean, even that was actually the first yellow card in the game yeah it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a dirty game really at no. all I mean there were some strong challenges going in especially early on but it was it was never a dirty game and, and United actually while we had been defending for a lot of the game we were quite comfortable really that made us unnecessarily yeah, we, we uncomfortable at the end of the like, game yeah, yeah. It, it actually uh, put us on unnecessarily put us under pressure when we actually didn't need to be yeah I mean, I remember sitting there at the end and just sort of looking at that back line and thinking, you know, that United back line is like sort of Jeremy Corbyn and City are the British press because you just knew they were never going to get behind us at any point. Yeah. So. <laughs> I like well that. I like that analogy, Johnny. Um, well played. Yeah. Um, Johnny, I mean, the game... Uh, it was a little anticlimactic uh, in the end in terms of yeah. quality and, and, and such not. Uh, considering the fixture congestion, was that sort of to be expected? Um, I, I think so. I think there'll be sort of a scenario where he's got to be looking at certain games and thinking, right, that's the one where I look at it and think, I can put players out, I can apply the kind of pressure and tactics, and that can be the game where I can push on for the win. So if he's identified, say, I don't know, Swansea at home, Arsenal away, Palace at home, as the three wins, and they'll look at three other games as draws being today, Spurs, Southampton. He'll look at that and think, perhaps with how flaky Liverpool have been that there's enough points there that fourth is achievable and he can get through sort of this unbeaten campaign, well, not unbeaten, but this massive unbeaten run and just sort of save enough face there that, yeah, we've not challenged for the league, but if you look at how well we've done in finishing the season the way we have and more importantly, perhaps, keep a bit of energy back for these hopefully final three European games it's uh, not a bad tactic to apply for me, that. Yeah, exactly. And that is, you mentioned Liverpool, and that is the team, really, we're targeting. In in, in a weird way, yeah. it wasn't a, exactly a bad result for either side this tonight, because City are a point within Liverpool, United are two points within them. Yeah. Both teams have got a game in hand. Um, well, I, we win I think... that game in hand, and both teams will overtake Liverpool and knock them out of the top four. Yeah, I think, I think both sides actually would have been fairly content with a draw. Obviously, uh, Man City, because of the fact that they were the home team, they would have preferred the win to have uh, stretched that uh, gap between us and them. But this, the draw actually puts us puts us both within reaching uh, distance of Liverpool. Yeah. And obviously, the fact that we still have a game in hand on on Liverpool as well means that both teams will be ultimately fairly satisfied with it. Yeah, and we think these these games against. Um... City and Chelsea as well and the way we've managed to go and keep clean sheets and both of them gives us some template because the, the ones you know we've still got Arsenal and, and the more so Spurs to come um, away from home so we really have to be you know the fact that we can have reliable game plans to go into those games to yield some sort of result um, is pretty you know when, when is the Spurs game? Uh, that's a very good question I'm going to Go and look that up um, because it's a quite it's uh, what I 
but I suppose the fact that they're playing a North London Derby at the weekend, um, if they have enough points at that stage to finish second, but there's enough of a distance between them and Chelsea that they're not going to win the league, would they be going full tilt against United to uh, to beat us? Uh, we have Tottenham on the let me just find this now we have them on the 14th of May Sunday that's pretty close towards the end of the season isn't it yeah I mean they will only have one game left to play after that and given Chelsea's current four point lead there's every chance say for argument's sake Chelsea win at Everton Spurs draw Sunday there's every chance that if Chelsea have won their game on the Saturday as we play on the Sunday, we could be arriving there at that perfect time where they're at their sort of Spursiest peak to just have a go at and Being they did like they might lose the plot again like they did at Chelsea last season. At yeah. The end of the season. Yeah, I'm hoping that as well and we can maybe take advantage and Mourinho goes and Mourinho's have in their own backyard. Yeah. Um one of the other things as well, and I sort of touched upon it before so Pogba, obviously, I, I thought we did miss him in this game today. Just a bit of energy and and calmness in possession. Because for all the, Pogba's been getting a lot of grief, I think, and warranted. And he's actually very, very good in possession. Very cool, calm and collected on the ball. He's got very good, you know, he, he doesn't often miss a pass. And he obviously not playing today because of an injury. Johnny, was Mourinho just really stupid to play Pogba for 90 minutes? It kind of felt like to me he played him for 90 minutes so that if he did get injured, he could make some sort of point about fixture congestion to the Premier League and the FA. It seems to be a case of cutting off his nose to spite his face. Yeah. Um, it's like we've said before, the problem with Mourinho, you kind of love and hate him for the same thing that he does. And I love that he sort of takes on the establishment and goes out of his way to sort of reiterate the point that he's made in a press conference with the way that he approaches sort of games and situations we're in and it's all well and good when sort of the cost might be minimal but when it's as big as a player who would have been huge tonight being missing because he kept him on for the last half hour that there were absolutely no need to use him in were we today, not, were we, just, the thing is, were we not? We were two 0 up at half time in that game. Yeah, I would have taken him off at half time. Yeah, yeah. Play the second half at all. Well, I would have taken. At, I would have taken him off after like an hour. Yeah, yeah. It's just the amount of times tonight where you had Rashford or Martial right on the shoulder of the last man, beautifully timed run, and it just needed someone that, in that, that midfield with that yeah. vision and technique just to hit that pass that just sort of takes the centre-half out, utilises the pace of the front man and gives them that chance just to get the vital opener. And without him being there to make that kind of pass, we just kind of kept forever getting raised hopes, dashed by sort of slack passing to just... Yeah, he just kind of frustrated that defensively it was superb and we looked really solid despite all City's pressure. But Mourinho's tactic then relies on the rare chances you get to hit him on the counter, having someone with the quality of distribution to make the most of it. And we got those chances, not maybe the one-on-ones with the keeper, but we got the chance where it was just one pass away from being that and Time and time again, we just kept hitting the first defender or 40 yard beyond the pace of, you know, the front two are remarkably quick. But when somebody's as heavy footed as our guys were today, it's just not getting caught. I mean, I mean, the two lads, the, the two lads up front, they're fast, but they're not Barry Allen fast, like. Yeah. No, they're not. They're not the Jamaican uh, 100 meter relay team uh, fast. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, you did. You mentioned the defence, superb defensive performance yet again from United. Um, last season, I think it could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure United finished with the best defence in the league or the joint best defence in the league. It wasn't too far off between us and Spurs, I think. Yeah. Do you actually think the defence has improved this season? Because, I, I, in my personal opinion, just before um, 
go ahead and put this to I'll put it to both of you actually I actually think it has because I think last season United's defence was the defensive record was aided by the fact that we played quite cowardly possession football um, where it was quite easy to defend whereas this year I feel we've still been problems but I feel we've been far more aggressive we've tried to play in the front foot a hell of a lot more and obviously if you do that you can leave yourself a bit more open defensively and we've had so many changes at the back as well throughout the season I mean, for me, one of the big plus points of recent games has actually been Matteo Damian. I'm actually starting to wonder now whether he will still be at United next season because the more I watch him, the more I'm looking at him thinking, you know, actually, he wouldn't be a bad player to have in at a centre-half or if Mourinho ever decided to want to play a back three, he'd be great to have in a yeah. back three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and he's been very, very I, I think, disciplined. I think he's played there at a certain stage of three, either Italy or Torino um, before he came here. But he looks he's like his confidence is back again. He's yeah, got some confidence back in like, himself again. He's never going to be one of those kind of rampaging fullbacks, but he's just—he's a defender, and that's that's his job. Yeah, and he's you know a, a very very good. Again, it's, I think you you mentioned him, um, Phil, in terms of you know start, top performance for us in that game. Um, J- Johnny, uh, how how good has Eric Bailly been this season, and how much better do we think he's going to be going forward? When you consider it's his first season in the country and in a league that is very, very quick to punish a defender that's not quite up to the job, it's been an incredible debut campaign for the lad. And he just seems to be getting stronger and stronger in these sort of past two, three games. Because you you had to wonder that as soon as he sort of lost, the guy that had started to look like his most competent sidekick, that whoever they put next to him might water down the impact that the lad had. But you look at the game against Burnley, you know, they created a number of little opportunities where if we didn't deal properly with that bouncing ball or with whatever sort of second ball freed up in a dangerous area, we were in trouble. And that lad by instinct got there speed, power, control, composure, he just, nothing shall pass. And while ever you've got a player like that who's as young as he is, who under Mourinho's guidance in particular, is only going to get better. You have to remember as well, you have to remember as well that he was away for how many weeks with the African Cup of Nations? Ah, yeah. Yeah, quite a few uh, weeks. Yeah. Four to six weeks, and he had a knee injury earlier on in the season yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, if he had a full uninterrupted season, yeah, how good would he have been? Like, yeah, and he had to, he's had to play at the back with Chris Smalling at points. As I, well. I, I was just going to say, I mean, that is that's how you knew how good John Terry was as a defender at his best. That he made Gary Cahill look good, and he's useless. Yeah. Gary Cahill, yeah, can't turn left. Yeah, yeah, in daily. So um, I think we'll, we'll leave we'll leave that one there. I think we we could be pretty happy with that result. Um, and I thought I just want to mention the defence and and and, and Eric Bay because I thought I'll just end the sort of the analysis on that game with a positive point. Looking ahead now, um, Swansea City on Sunday lunchtime. Why the fuck do we have Sunday lunchtime kickoffs? I mean, does anyone? I'd love this to be surveyed. If if. Anyone actually out there likes Sunday lunchtime kickoff? Most of them would like to be relaxing in bed with a newspaper at this point, yeah. Or yeah. you know, eating a bacon sandwich, having a coffee, you know, going or, through Sunday papers, just watching, yeah. maybe watching a film, spending time with the family. You don't want to be. Yeah. I'm not interested in watching football. I, I, I don't want to look at a face as stunningly annoying as Jake Humphreys at that time. No, Sunday. I mean it's, it's it's hard enough. It's hard enough on Saturday afternoon or exactly. or, a, or a Wednesday evening. But and then to have to listen. To, yeah, and then to have to listen to his voice as well. Yeah, I, I mean the thing is, like you're playing on a Thursday night in such a high density game, and then you're playing on a Sunday fucking morning. Like, I mean, it's, 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 it's this is. I do feel this is unfair on us as well because. None of the other teams playing on the Sunday, apart from City, have played tonight. Why are we not playing at least maybe like three o'clock on Sunday afternoon? Yeah. At least that, you know. Three or four o'clock, like. 
yeah. I, I think that this is just purely the. I don't want to say BT specifically, even though they do annoy me, but this is just the evil of the TV game that because it's our contracted week and we can't play on a Saturday because, again, for TV we had to play tonight rather than Wednesday. It just seems to be that because TV rights keep dictating when we can play and then not just the day but the time in the day that we play, Mm. it just keeps making the job of actually playing what we're paid to play more and more difficult. It's just ridiculous. And it's not good for the Swansea fans either, having to get no. up that early on a Sunday morning. It's really not fair on the travelling fans, I don't think, at all. No. Especially if they come in a fair distance. It's not good enough, that. Yeah. Well, the atmosphere is usually fucking abysmal at that yeah. time of the day. Like. Yeah. And, exactly. and it, probably, it probably will be on Sunday. Uh, yeah. let's, let's be honest. As, um, as much as the, what they try to hype it up, like, oh, um, United are in town and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. The atmosphere is going to be chronic. I mean, Bournemouth at home is a fine example of that. I know that was a Saturday rather than a Sunday. But for that first half hour, it just looked to be a case of, so how many are we going to win this by? And then it was like, as soon as they equalised, all the wind went out of our sails and we could have still been playing that game now. It would still be one all. Yeah, I I would rather they got rid of of these lunchtime kickoffs yeah. and maybe just brought forward and had a Friday night game instead. I would much yeah. prefer a Friday night game and I think most of the fans would as well. Um, yeah. And just, just better planning for the fixtures. If you're going to organise, if you're going to set up these awkward kickoff times, at least like tonight, at least it was, it was you know, it was a local derby, at least try and keep it vaguely local within yeah. a certain mile radius so it's easy for fans, travelling fans, to get there and get out. Cause this isn't just about United fans. Like I said, it's not fair yeah. on the Swansea fans. They're either going to have to come up on Saturday night, which yeah. is they're spending money in a hotel or accommodation, or they're having to get up, God knows what time of a Sunday morning, because, Jesus Christ, getting trains. On a, on a Sunday, getting, especially. Like, I mean, I, I, getting I, trains I, on a Wednesday is bad. Yeah. I was going to say, I doubt you could even do that on a Sunday, because when I used to work in Cardiff every now and again, that was the nearest station to get to, and that journey used to take me six hours. So how these guys and girls can do it on a Sunday would just be completely beyond me. But like you say, the problem is, while ever they're getting advertising revenue from whichever shit companies advertised you in a lunchtime Sunday game, That'll be all that matters, and the humans that have got to suffer to get to and from. Just uh, really, really, just poor, poor planning. But the thing is, I'm not even sure the TV stuff stands up anymore because I know the ratings this season for football in general, live football, has been poor. Um, yeah. Like the Champions League games. I mean, UEFA are now because there's a possibility that that BT and Sky may have to sublet out some of the Champions. Or BT are going to have to sublet out some of the Champions League rights because. The figures have been so abysmal that UEFA are going, well, hang on a minute, we're not getting any money here because no one's watching these games. I mean, you take that City-Monaco game, um, which was a fabulous game, I think with a 5-3, probably one of the best games you would see this season anywhere. And the the ratings are abysmal, absolutely abysmal. Um, And uh, I'd be interested to see what the ratings are tonight because no one expects football to be in a Thursday night. Probably a few people forgot it was even on. Yeah. So I mean, uh, we we barely even want to tune in for Europa League games on a Thursday night. Never mind for yeah. a league game. Yeah, I remember. Even if it those... is, even if it is a Man City game. Yeah, I I just you know wonder whether um, UEFA would be better introducing some sort of pay per view TV service for the European games, so you can have them all kick off at the same time on the same day. And you just pick what games you want to watch, and everyone pays a flat fee. I believe in Germany. That is the service that you get over there, and you have a load of league games kicking off on the Saturday afternoon. You can pick what game you want to watch. So I don't know whether that's maybe something to look into. I would I would be happy to do something like that, um, and it just means then you can maybe have those games on a Wednesday, and you can have the Europa League games on a Tuesday or something like that, rather than a Thursday, and then you just have Tuesday Wednesday because everyone's kind of used to the grind of Tuesday Wednesday European football. Um, but that would be. That'll be something. In terms of the actual events... If I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, I think the UEFA Cup 
always used to be on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, it was. Until yeah, maybe about ten years ago. Yeah, it was. It was, it was Tuesday night. Um, UEFA Cup and I remember the old Cup Winners Cup used to be on the same night. Always, always play those games together on the same night. Um, in terms of what's going to be happening on the field, um, well, we obviously team news as far as you know we just heard well Fellaini's obviously not going to be playing because he's stupid to get himself suspended his direct replacement would have been Timothy Fossey Mensa but apparently he's now injured as well so he might well not be playing so um, I don't know at this, at this rate we're going to be dragging Bobby Charlton from the stands to play in midfield hopefully Pogba's going to be back um, do we think Smalling or Jones might be brave because at this rate Phil Jones or Daley Blinder going to have to fill in in midfield like fuck no I mean, I can't remember which one it is that doesn't have a heart on the Wizard of Oz, but either one of these two clowns could quite happily Smalling. play him. Small, uh, Smalling doesn't have a heart and uh, Jones doesn't have a brain. Yeah. Not that yeah. It's quite weird. I've, I've forgotten about that angle, but yeah, they are literally just straight out of the um, yellow brick road, bless them. They're just utterly pointless because I mean you look at that we've got two defenders injured because you know the thick one basically injured the cowardly one in training for England in a pointless friend no 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 it was it, it was the cowardly one injured the thick one ah. and then the cowardly one got injured afterwards is what it was that was what it was yeah. I remember I was listening to um, <laughs> someone I think it came up in a someone sent a letter or an email to the Spanish Football Podcast and uh, Phil Kitcheridis who, who was the presenter read it out and, some, and the quote came up of Phil Jones being the, the new Duncan Edwards and Sid Lowe burst out laughing for a good 30 seconds when he heard that because I don't think he'd ever heard that before and he, I think it was one of the funniest things that he'd ever heard um, if Phil Jones is the new Duncan Edwards Duncan Edwards must have been awful that's all I could say um, so yeah. um, I'm assuming United's team's going to be um, Probably a few of the under 18s or the under 16s maybe getting thrown in there um, for, for this game on Sunday. Well, it's, right. bank, hol- it's bank holiday weekend over here, so um, if if I can find my uh, pair of boots, like I might be able to do a job. Yeah, get a few of the lads over. Um, see if Dale, yeah. get older Dale, get Dale to fly over as well. See if he yeah. see if he fans to kick about on uh, on Sunday. Um, in terms of predictions. Um, Phil, you first. What, what do you think the score's going to be against Swansea? I would, I'd say 3-1. 3-1? Uh, Johnny? Um, I'll go 2-0 so as not to duplicate. Okay, that's leaving me in a position. I'm going to go 1-0. So, um, full house for the wins, but we all go for different score lines. Um, I don't care. As long as you win, I really don't care at this yeah. point. <laughs> we really can't. Beggars can't be choosers at this stage of the season when we've got no players left. Yeah. Um, just a final thing to end on. Um, I asked the guys uh, because obviously on Sunday we had the announcements of Player of the Year and Young Player of the Year and uh, Women's Player of the Year, but we also had the PFA Team of the Year that was announced. Um, God, I can't remember off the top of my head what the PFA Team of the Year was. Was um, if anyone. Either one of you two can pull that up while I'm blabbering on um, to introduce this next segment. That would be great. But basically, um, I decided I'd propose to uh, Phil and Johnny that they come up with their own alternative um, team Premier League team of the year. But I've added in the caveat that you can only pick one player per club. Um, so, Johnny, um, I know we've, you've sort of you, you both sort of quickly messaged me your teams already, but. Um, Johnny, for our listeners, do you want to do you want to tell us what your team was, and then we'll yeah, yeah, later. quite happy to um, run through that. Now, as you say, you'll notice a few of these might be down to that limitation of one per club, but uh, we've got the youngest Michael in goal for us. We've got um, King at Burnley for now. Um, again, Van Dyke at Southampton for now, and Gibson at Middlesbrough. I don't think any of those three will be with their current club when next season kicks off, but that's another day. Um, a midfield four of um, United old boy Josh King, Deli Alley, Herrera and Sanchez, and the top three, Mane, Aguero and Hazard. That's an interesting lineup. Hmm. Gibson, Van Dyke and Keane, was it? Yeah. 
Right, so that's, oh, that's interesting. I'm kind of wishing I'd pick Casper Schmeichel now to go and go. Um, but we'll run through mine at, uh, in a second. Um, Phil, what about your team? Right, uh, first of all, the official PFA uh, team of the year was De Gea and Goal, Walker and Alderweireld in defence, uh, David Luiz and Danny Rose making up the back four. Um, no, sorry, this is... Oh, this is something else that was on BBC Sport. This is uh, something else entirely. Um, I think you had David Louise, you had Garrett Cahill, you had um, Ngoli Kante, obviously, and it was it was Walker and Rose at the fullbacks. Yeah. That was that was right. And then I think it was Ali. Ali um, in defence. You had Ngoli Kante. You had Harry Kane up front with Eden Hazard. Eden Hazard and Romelu Lukaku, I think. Yeah, that was it. Uh, what Something was your like What was um What was your team then, Phil? Uh, my team was the goalkeeper from Burnley, um, Tom Heaton. Uh, right, right back. I had uh, our own Antonio Valencia. Uh, left back, I had uh, Charlie uh, Daniels from Bournemouth. I had. I had Harry Maguire, who's been in absolute cracking form since yeah. uh, since uh, the new boss has come in. He's yeah, a couple of looks, those whole whole, he, whole he looks like he looks like he's uh, really comfortable on the ball. He looks like I'd, I'd take him over King in a heartbeat in the summer. That but he really does look to have something quite special there. Replicating Johnny, I had um, Van Dyke as his partner. In um, in midfield, I had the Welsh, um, the Welsh uh, Zavi, uh, Joe Allen, and um, the PFA Player of the Year, of course, in Gola Cante. He has met, he has he has made that battery of Chelsea work. He's uh, had a career uh, resurgence in in um, Nemanja Matic, and he's just made. That entire team worked properly. Um, yeah. On, on the wings, or on the right wing, I had uh, Wilfred Zaha from Palace. He's been brilliant since. Uh, well, he was brilliant for a while at the beginning of the season, and Aladas came in. He's been amazing. He's been in cracking form, and uh, supposedly uh, teams like Spurs are sniffing after him at the moment. Uh, on the on the left wing, I had Christian Eriksen. Who is perhaps one of the most underrated playmakers of all the top um, top five, if top six clubs? He's got maybe the best first, one of the best first touches of any player I've ever yeah. seen. It, it yeah. still kills me that Spurs got him for thirteen million the summer that we paid thirty million for Fellaini. Yeah, it just. I, I know we'd have paid more if we'd gone in for him, but even if we mm. paid double. You know, he would have been worth it. He would yeah. have been worth it. Um, up front, I had a fairly predictable partnership of uh, Romelu Lukaku and Sergio Aguero. Aguero hasn't had the season that perhaps uh, he normally would have had. Uh, he had a couple of sendings off, uh, and he he missed the spell through injury, but he's still a cracking player. And uh, any time that you see him on the ball, any time that a cross went in tonight towards him, you were almost shitting bricks. Like his movement in the eighteen-yard box is as good as any centre forward you're ever going to see. Um, yeah. That's is that four-four-two you've gone for there, isn't it? Four-four-two. Yeah. Yeah. So we've had a four-four-two, and and Johnny's gone for the rather adventurous and continental three-four-three, which I quite like that. Um, so two good teams there. Uh, my team is. Um, I've gone for Jordan Pickford in goal from Sunderland. He's about the only good thing. Him and Jermaine Defoe are about the only two good things they have. I kind of wish I'd gone for Casper Spike alone now. You know, I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick my choice. Can you see Pickford staying there? No, I've, from what I've heard, um, he could well be a United player next season. So um, that would be amazing. If De, if De Gea goes, I think certainly that'll happen. Uh, my uh, a good friend of mine. Um, who is a Sunderland fan I think he used to be a season ticket holder he said um, 
he's a really good um not only is he obviously very good shot stopper but he's very good on the ball as well Pickford his distribution is excellent the way he commands his area for a young goalkeeper he's a very modern kind of goalkeeper um so he's particularly with the donkeys that you have in front of you yeah, yeah. exactly um so I've gone for him um the center halves I've gone for, for so full house and Virgil van Dijk I've gone for him as well um so from Southampton and then Ashley if he ha- if he hadn't been injured um he would have been a first choice in the PFA team like I think Certainly so. Of um, Louise and Cahill, like. Yeah, I think so. Um, and he's partnered by Ashley Williams from Everton, who's just been for me one of the most consistent centre halves in the Premier League for the last few years. I think he's outstanding, really is. And no coincidence that Everton bought him, and they've gone from one of the worst defenses in the league to one of the best. Um, and he's part of the reason why. Right back, I've gone for Antonio Valencia. I think he's just been outstanding all season. He really has. I think he's been one of the best players in the league, actually. Um, and left back, uh, I've gone for a whole player as well, Andy Robertson, the Scottish left back. Yeah, he he's, is he's had a cracking season. He's brilliant. I remember the first time I saw him um, was the Scotland-England game, and he was Scotland's best player. It was the one at Parkhead. And he is unbelievable going forward. Because um, sometimes lack a bit defensively, but my god, I mean, but he he's so and he fast. delivers a great set piece as well. Yeah, he's got good shots on him as well, and he could get a couple of goals. He's very good. I like him a lot. Um, midfield, I've gone for a free man midfield. Uh, Golo Kante. I can't really not have Golo Kante in midfield. Uh, it's either him or Hande Herrera for that role. So I've gone for Kante. Uh, I've gone for Kevin De Bruyne, who's got more assists than any other player in the Premier League this season as kind of an eight and a half, which is what he is. And um, I've gone for Josh King um, as my sort of goal-scoring midfielder because he's been really good for Bournemouth this season. He's got 12 goals in the league. Especially um, in the last uh, couple of games as well. Yeah, yeah came Brian, through our Brian academy. Him. Came through United's academy, I believe, Josh he King. Did. Yeah. Um, yeah, really kicking on to be a good player. Um, under, under good stewardship, Eddie Howe as well. I'm a big fan of Eddie yeah. Howe. I like him quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and then my front three, I'll go for Harry Kane through the middle, so that's my Spurs player. I think he is the best centre forward in the Premier League right now. Um, Just don't have him taking corners. No, absolutely not. You want him in the box, wouldn't you, Harry Kane? Yeah. Um, and then flanked by Sadio Mane and Alexis Sanchez. I know Sanchez made a complete arse of himself last night. Um, he deserves fining for that, frankly, and possibly suspending. Yeah. And if anybody hasn't seen that video, they really should. Yeah, basically, just a quick explanation that um, I think it was Christian Fuchs supposed to take a throw in, and Alexis Sanchez, he stood right in front of him. So Fuchs throws the ball, it hits Sanchez in the shoulder, and then Sanchez, with the worst delayed reaction you've ever seen, goes down holding his face. He then put up an Instagram post afterwards. I'm still not entirely sure this was entirely serious, this post that he put up, but showing his busted lip. He looked like he, he had lips like Leslie Ash. After she had collagen done, it was... He was really dead. It was just the most... Cringy. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. an only child, so I know what it's like to do silly shit for attention. <laughs> and that's so far beyond anything even I'd do. It's laughable. And yeah. Reminds he's, me of the... he's been on strike recently for Arsenal as well in terms of performances. Yeah. Yeah, he has, but he has been... Probably up until the last month or so, he's been he's been very good. He's been very very good. And obviously, Mane, Sadio Mane, is just for all these injury problems of being away at the Africa Cup of Nations, I'd probably make the argument he's been Liverpool's best player this season. Um, his pace, his pace is. But um, he's the one. He's the one Liverpool player. If I was playing against Liverpool, I'd be more worried about than anyone else. I think yeah, he's outstanding. He really is. So that that's mine. I've gone for a four three three as well. Um, I'm going to put this forward to all the listeners now. You guys, um, I want you to, um, you can either leave it in the comments on our Facebook page, um, getting, you know, um, at Stretty News as well, get in touch with them or your team on Twitter. I'm going to try and get hold of these tweets. You can tweet me personally as well at Mike underscore Lama for your sort of own alternative team of the year. Remember the rules, it's one player per club. Um, so you can't pick Antonio Valencia or Ander Herrera 11 times it's not allowed um, <laughs> as much as we'd probably like to pick Ander Herrera 11, at least 10 times in your team you can't do it um, he would probably fit in every position though yeah he would he I would, would. 
It'd be the snidiest but most brilliant team you've ever seen. Um, but uh, that so that's um, that's what I want you guys to do. So you can either um, comment on uh, on the post that goes up on our face on the Strutty News's um, Facebook page or the Twitter page at Strutty News. You can get in touch with me personally as well at Mike underscore Labov. Your team, alternative team of the year, one player per club. Uh, I want to see what you come up with, and uh, if any of them, ca- I'll try and get through a few of them as well and read them, and um, we'll sort of uh, we'll have a look at them and just berate you for them. That's what we're going to do. Um, but that's all for this week, anyway, folks. It's been a, it's been a pretty eventful week. The business end of the season now. Um, it is the end of April, but we have still got about four thousand games to go um, <laughs> because of playing in so many competitions. So um, by this rate, by the end of the season, we're the three of us are going to be as knackered as these players are. Um, Hope you appreciated the little extra bonus podcast this week. Um, we will be back on Monday, uh, where of course we're going to be looking back at the uh, at the uh, Swansea City awful lunchtime kickoff, which is probably going to be dead, but maybe they'll surprise us with a with a six four or something like that. <clears throat> but um, just before I go, um, guys, you want to let everyone know where they can find you, uh, Johnny. Um, yeah, um, mainly on Twitter for now. Um, you'll find me at uh, Beardmon. Um, also, when I can find the motivation to write stuff that appears on Stretty News, and there's one juice shortly about the joy of Herrera being our very own little dirty rotten scoundrel, so hopefully you can enjoy that. Yeah, your Rojo piece has gone up quite recently as well, so that's... Yeah. Um... That's worth having a read. That was a good little piece. I enjoyed that. Um, more prescient in light, in, in certainly in light of his, in lieu of his injury yeah. as well. That that piece has gone up. Um, Phil, uh, what let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can best place to find me actually would be on uh, Facebook. Uh, just Facebook. dot com forward slash the lofty dog. Um, I have a piece at the moment. Uh, looking forward to. The Celtic Vigo game, which is uh, coming up next, this time next Thursday, I um, have interviewed a, a specialist in European and Spanish football, uh, Joseph Sexton, for his insight on our Europa League semi-finalist. Uh, so that should be uh, coming out hopefully sometime next week. Uh, or if not, just get me on Twitter forward slash. Uh, Philip E M O W R I W S E or um, whatever goes up on Strutty News. Fantastic, and uh, I will, we will be looking in depth to that, uh, looking ahead to that Celta Vigo game on, on Monday's show. But thanks for joining us, um, folks. Hope you've enjoyed the show, and uh, we'll see you on Monday. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.